0: Hello, welcome to the Red Card Club with me, Simon Kidney, uh, Dan Leo and Sammy Tuitupu. So this is our first podcast, first off, two, three, four, depends how bored you get before you unsubscribe through many, many different channels. So firstly, uh, hi guys, how are we doing? How are we doing, Dan? I love for I love, really well, thanks. Thanks, subtitles are available. Sammy, how are you getting on? Yeah, good mate. Very good, Simon. Nice to uh, hear from you. You too, Dan. So,
1: <laughs> you too, far.
0: We're uh, we're all in different parts of the world. Um, as is as is the want of modern technology. So Dan is cocooned in some part of Australia, unable to leave the house due to COVID. Uh, and Sam is in some part of some part of the north, unable to leave because they won't let him. Um, <laughs> so, just a quick one about why we're called the Red Card Club. Uh, if you watch any YouTube video, you know that Sammy and Dan are the most friendliest chaps in the world until they cross the whitewash um, and then they both turn into Rocky Balboa. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the modern theme on, on rugby is every one of our guests and every one of our presenters uh, has had a red card and we'll talk about that uh, now, Sammy, let's pick on you. Um, I believe, and I've checked Wikipedia uh, and changed it, you've had 132 red cards in your career um, can you talk us through your favourite?
2: Um, well, I wouldn't
0: say favourite, but probably one
2: of most. I'd say the most recent one. Um, obviously, it was a game for national one for Coventry. Um, probably one of, wasn't the um, the best one. I sort of look back and when I watched the replay, and that's probably you know one that I'm very really sort of uh, feel embarrassed about at the most. Um, so yeah, so. Obviously had an argument with Elizabeth uh, the night before, uh, a bit of tension sort of built up, you know, and as, you know, as, as a sportsman, you you, you want to sort of release it, or oh, young man, I, I should say, you want to sort of release all that tension, and just unfortunately, um, playing this game, this tension sort of was still built up inside me, um, some guy sort of just gave me a, sh- a sort of shoulder nudge as I was trying to get back into the line, uh, I turned around at him and then this sort of just all came out and uh, I sort of gave him a, 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 a right uh, punch to the face. He went down to the ground. Um, and by then, I sort of, I was still focused on playing rugby, but it was just a natural thing where the right arm comes out. Uh, I sort of got connected. He sort of fell to the ground, but I carried on. Unfortunately, the referee was right next to me. I tried, <laughs> to, I, I tried to sort of talk my way out of it. And he was like, sorry, mate, I was right there. Uh, yeah, got a yellow. I got a red card. So uh, yeah, one of, wasn't one of one of the uh, wasn't uh, the most greatest moment of my, my rugby career. I presume
0: that was down at Cambridge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so every 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 podcast we'll touch on. Uh, we'll probably just flip between Dan and Sammy. That could last a good good number of years before we have to include any of our guests on uh, on on red cards. Uh, briefly, before we kick into uh, to this week's news, chaps. Um, we all have many, many different things that we love about rugby. Um, why, why is it important for you to do a, a, your own podcast, Dan, as a, as a guest of many, many podcasts?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, it's you know the, the fact that we, um, you know, we need we need uh, to control the narrative. Um, You know, a lot of people do podcasts and have uh, Pacific Island rugby players uh, on there as guests, Um, but, you know, very few of us run them, and, 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 you know, we want to look at things objectively. I think it's part of, you know, what we're doing. I've just been part of um, the release of a film, which we'll touch on later, called Oceans Apart, and it's very much about, you know... um, seeing you know us take you know not just control of you know a sport that we're predominantly um, pro- provide a lot of professionals to but also the media and the stories around that and and and, and making sure that you know some of the stereotypes that you know that you know, people might have about pacific islands well you know we have some sort of say on what's you know what's developing and how those are developing thanks
0: thanks dan sammy you've got you've got probably the worst off-field chat i've ever heard and um, what what <laughs> makes you think it will be better in a podcast
2: uh, I'm just thinking, you know, maybe uh, people want to hear my bad chat, you know, and give me some tips and some input and how to improve it, mate. and that's what I'm. All, I'm all about little sort of learning, uh, but at the same time, you know, I like to uh, talk about a lot of rubbish, and then hopefully, you know, be other give other people the confidence to talk about rubbish as well.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Sammy. It's uh, it's important to uh, to reflect as well. You, you know, you both are passionate and um, spoken people around uh pacific island values pacific island players pacific island rights um uh, and two two great people and two great legends of the game coming together and talking about that so i think any platform we've got uh to do that is, is great so thanks for that chaps in the news rugby kicking into this week's news there's uh, there's two things that i want to talk about just briefly um, one is, uh, you know, you, Dan, you you wax lyrical about Fiji being welcomed into some Tier One rugby. Um, there there seem to have been a bit of bit of a, a mild Corona illness kicking around the globe, uh, which has led to them not being able to play games. What, what what's the effect of that?
1: Yeah, just um, you know, firstly it was, it was awesome to see Fiji included in the first place. It's something that we've been pushing for for a long time, as you know, more fixtures for you know um, for for the Pacific Islands against Tier One nations. So when it was first announced. Um, you know that Fiji were going to be playing against you know France, Italy, Scotland, um, and Georgia in that in that Autumn Nations Cup. You know it was met with real um, excitement um, for us as Islanders and real hope. You know that you know um, you know for for Samoa and Tonga as well that one day we'd be um, playing in those sorts of games. So yeah, just disappointed really for the for the for the players and the fans um, who are hoping to see Fiji play. You know obviously um, they had. Um, Four games cancelled, actually, um, include, you know, uh, the first against France and then Italy. Now it's just been announced Scotland won't, you know, they were not going to be able to play Scotland um, because because of the COVID uh, outbreak in their camp. They missed Portugal, which was a warm-up game they were going to have, and also, we had uh, 12 Fijians in the, um, in the Barbas game that was supposed to be played against England, and and that was cancelled as well for, for different you know well you know for breaking the curfew and um, you know none of the Fiji boys were, were at fault in all of these situations but you know so it's disappointing and, and also what I think is disappointing um, is the way that the, um, the the competition have decided to award those games uh, twenty eight to nil uh, in favour of the, um, of, the of, of of the home nations um, you know that that will have a big impact upon um, you know um, Fiji's uh, ranking. Um, because, you know, you lose three games by 28 to nil, you, you know, you, you you get points in the world uh, system for winning games, but also you lose points, you have points deducted for losing games. So um, it's going to have a detrimental effect on on, 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 the, on, on the rugby um, ranking as well, which is really important in terms of the funding that you get. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, was just, I was just about to touch on that, Dan, because obviously, um, you know, losing their rankings and that, you know, they're going to lose funding from world rugby, but also sponsorship as well. You know you probably, they probably had a lot of um, few sponsors who were quite keen to jump on board if they were still you know uh, in the top sort of sort of 10, 12, 11 you know rankings in the world but because they might be dropping down that could cost them some some of their fundings, wouldn't it so quite disappointing and what some people don't really sort of understand or sort of know about that these things you know have a massive impact on on, on Pacific island rugby.
1: Yeah, and just, you know, a lot of us, you know, those boys, you know, they, they want not be playing. It was, you know, um, from a player's perspective, it's a shop window for a lot of those guys. You know, um, Fiji just regenerated their side. So a lot of those guys uh, um, are fresh-faced uh, youngsters who were wanting to, you know, Play on the big stage and hopefully, you know, get professional contracts um, on, on the back of, of that for those that don't already have them. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad all around, you know, um, um, but yeah, this this particular issue of the the way that points were awarded really is a bit of a bugbear for me because, you know, it was no, no fault of their own, you know, nobody wanted uh, to go out, you know, they weren't breaking curfews there, but that's the reality of bringing um, you know a team from all over the world together. That's you know um, and that's one of the harsh realities with Pacific rugby is that we don't all play in one competition. So we're not like you know Italy for instance, where all of their players are all you know spread amongst only three clubs, which is a lot easier to control um, in an outbreak. And you know we're bringing guys in from you know Fiji are probably bringing guys in from at least thirteen or fourteen different clubs. So that's a reality. I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more um, compassion shown. For that situation, from the you know from the organisers.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks for the uh, for, for that insight. Um, this week, Dan also um, you've been you've been a bit busy, I think. Um, uh, we you, you've not returned any of mine or Sammy's WhatsApps, mate. But we don't take it personally. Um, Oceans apart, uh, I know it's something that you've been working on for quite a while. Uh, fantastic documentary. Um, I've shared it to my one Twitter follower, uh, who's very grateful for it. Um, All the always Roland he just likes everything mate Uh, tell us about tell us about this week mate we're going to touch on it we're going to dedicate our own uh, podcast to it but tell us about how how this week's been a bit crazy
1: yeah we um, for three years we've been on a a journey of um filming a documentary and again similar to you know similar um i guess uh hopes that we've got for this for this podcast really and i guess this podcast you know hopefully will serve as an extension to a lot of those challenges that we delve into and in and in, you know it's very difficult um, to, to cover everything all the challenges that pacific islanders uh, go through in, in a one hour piece so uh you know hopefully this is a, a platform to to d- delve into those a bit deeper and take questions from you know from our listeners on, on those and just discuss with You know, one of the legends of the game who's of uh, Pacific Island heritage himself, uh, Sammy, um, but obviously came through the New Zealand system and played for the All Blacks, you know. There's so much at, at um, you know um, so many different elements when it comes to when you think of Pacific Island players um, and and our teams that um, that um, come into the equation that we wanted to um, just bring into one place and um, and really educate people I guess um, on some of the, some of those challenges. So uh, yeah, it's called Oceans Apart. It's uh, it's a, on uh, Amazon, available on Amazon Prime at the moment on uh, in in the in the UK and the USA and for international viewers they can view that on uh, Vimeo. So um, yeah. Encourage you to, to 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 look it up, and hopefully, when we come back to discussing this in a couple of weeks' time, we can actually take some some questions uh, from from the viewers uh, um, around that. And you know, because I'm sure you know, it probably poses up a lot of a lot more questions than we have answers for.
0: What's the um What's the uh, the the oddest piece of feedback you've had so far?
1: Um, jeez, we've had some such. Awesome, feedback. You know, I've, I've had th- literally thousands and thousands of messages of of support for the film, for for the islands. You know, there's a lot of love out there, a lot of goodwill for for us. Um, you know, um, one of my favourites is, you know, this uh, one of the one of the the the, uh, the doctors, the pitchside doctors who works at Tokenham, um saying, look, I'm, I'm not going to take a a, um, a, a payment for, for games until until this is sorted. I'll, I'll donate my my fee to to you guys. It's not fair that. I, wow. myself as a doctor should be getting paid more than you know some of these players that I'm treating and he's a neck surgeon you know um, so he's you know he's um, he probably doesn't need the money as much as some other, some other but it's a, it's a wonderful gesture yeah. and you know just hundreds and hundreds of messages like that of people with you know with expertise as well you know offering their you know their you know their services to us. Uh, specific rugby players' welfare as an organisation, um, you know, but also, you know, on on the flip side of that, you know, some of the messages of support from our, the players themselves and the way that it's been shared, you know, with. Um, I spoke to, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the old boys, um, Junior Paramore, who's a, a bit of a Gloucester legend, played for Samoa one of my boyhood heroes, uh, retired now, um, sent me a, a wonderful message just saying, you know, he was in tears watching it and how, you know, he he played for Samoa thirty years ago. Uh, in the 1991 team that put Samoa on the map, and nothing's changed. And we wanted to highlight that the only way we we you know we can hope for change is by raising awareness and trying to get the rugby public alongside to push the governing bodies you know to do better. And uh, so that was one of the the key aspects of the film. Really, it's just been wonderful to see the um, you know that coming to fruition and you know the the way it's been received.
0: Sammy, you um, you've I've just checked your Twitter, mate, and you've sent Dan thirty six tweets this week, just saying "Remember me, remember me, hi, you mate, Sammy." Yeah, it, uh, well, it's, <laughs> it, it's only because I'm an agent, and
2: um, and, and I think Dan's got a massive uh, market for Bollywood, mate. So, um, so if you're looking for an agent, mate, and I know you sort of, uh, you know, Bollywood could be the place for you, mate. The next Samuel Jackson in the making.
1: <laughs> but it's like um, ballers with the rock eh <laughs> trying to trying to sign all your mates up as uh, under your agency is it
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the main bit rugby dan is there a, a you told me specifically and we'll, we'll we'll kick on to the to the main body of the podcast and you you, you asked me specifically not to ask you any awkward questions around uh, around the recording uh, so let's ask you an awkward question who was the most awkward person you tried to interview <laughs> He's making that sign, Sammy. Saying yeah, "shush, yeah, shush." Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was a few. Um, there was a few. You now we. There was a few interviews that we did that we just couldn't use, um, unfortunately. Um, you know, and some of them were, you know, Funo felt of our own. Others were just, you know, guys. You know, the island boys are pretty shy when it comes to being on the camera. And I remember doing, uh, going up there and being really excited for an interview I did with uh, Nikki Gonover and Longo uh, Mulipaulo when they were both at Newcastle. And, um, you know, we had this great conversation off the camera, um, you know, got the Carver Bowl out. It was, look, you know, the scene was set for this perfect, perfectly, uh, you, know, you know, perfect set and everything. Yeah. And... Um, and as soon as we switched on the cameras, or actually one of the lights wasn't even, the camera wasn't even on. As soon as we turned on the, the, uh, the lights, cause it was getting sort of later in the evening, um, both of them just went into absolute shutdown and I couldn't get a word out of them apart from sort of yes, no yes no answers um, and it just came across terribly and then we turned off the cameras as soon as the cameras were off again they were back to normal laughing, joking, really vocal um, so yeah, um, and that was, you know that happened a few times down, but yeah, <laughs> and, then, and other than that probably the toughest in the film was with my dad actually and that was probably around some of the respect, you know respect's a massive yeah. thing uh, in the Pacific um, and, uh, you know, the generation above us you know, we just, you know look how long it's taken up for us to get a, a fully pacific um, uh, pod, podcast up off the ground you know we don't like being in the limelight we, we naturally shy away from it um, that's probably why it's taken you know this long to make a documentary as well on the issues um, but definitely our parents generations um, you know they, they hate it so when I had to ask dad if he agree to Talking to me on camera uh, in Samoa, uh, where Dad was living, um, yeah, it took it took about six months of prepping him before he finally agreed to do it, and even then, it was a bit of uh, trepidation as well, and uh, yeah, a lot of lot of hurdles. So. Nice,
2: hey, Dan, what what did it feel like meeting the um, Prime Minister of Samoa? Obviously, you know, Prime Ministers for you know most countries, and that it's it's mm. someone who's quite high up and someone who's you know. A lot of privilege in that and um but obviously the fact that you were going there to sort of ask him these real dif- difficult questions and that um but at the same time you know how did you feel because obviously it would have been a massive privilege you know not only for you but for, the, for your family as well for you to meet the, the the prime minister but at the same time you're sort of going on there um you know to ask these really awkward questions and you know obviously it was pretty awkward um because obviously he knew who you were Um but just the fact that you sort of rocked up in that and you <laughs> didn't know whether it was office or not, but, you know, give us a bit more sort of uh, how you felt that day and, and sort of...
1: Yeah, I, man. um yeah, it was, it was a real tough one, but before I answer that one, probably back to you, you know, like, can you just explain a bit about the Tongan situation? Because I know the Samoan situation inside out, but do you guys have the same um, proximity of politicians to your to your guys? Or I know you've, you haven't played for Tonga, but you've, you've coached them. Is, is it a similar sort of... Yeah, um, Situation. Um, what?
2: What is? It? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think the government still has a big say in terms of. Um, obviously, they do. They give a lot of the funding, their funding as well, to Tonga rugby. So I think the government still has a bit of a, a say in it. Um, in in terms of where the where they get their funding from and how they sort of distribute it out. Um, but in terms of how they use the money from World Rugby, I'm not too sure about you know how much of the government involved in that way. Obviously. Yeah. You it's a bit different in Samoa.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, one of the guys that we, um, you know, in our oh, sorry, I'm, I'm stalling here. But one of the guys that we interviewed was Cooper Vuna, uh, Tongan uh, test player, and he and he told us about um, you know them earning eighty pounds a game yeah. a test. Um, how does that make you feel as someone that played uh, for New Zealand and properly earned? Well, I'd like to think a hundred, at least a hundred times that per per game you played.
2: Yeah. Well. Well, it's, it's, it's sort of, um, you know, for me, I, I sort of never played um, rugby to get, you know, finance, to get the sort of bonuses off it. Uh, it was just something that came with it. Um, well, I think it's a bit different nowadays. Most people sort of play because obviously thinking towards the future and obviously they've got families to worry about and that, and you know, and, and that sort of um, financial status is really important to people, uh, a lot of the players now. Um but, you know, once again, you know, I feel uh, guilty, not guilty, but I feel ba- I feel bad for the, for the Pacific Island boys because, you know, I know none of them don't really want to sort of come out there and, and sort of say, oh, you know, I'm playing for the money because at the end of the day, a lot of the boys would play for, uh, would play for the islands, for for their team and that, for Tonga, Samoa, you know, if they didn't get paid. I mean, it's all about the passion and the pride and also putting your family name out there. Um, but you know, nowadays it's all changed in that and if you see you know, if other teams New Zealand and they're getting paid, England and they're getting paid odd thousand pounds uh, a game and that and now Ireland teams are only getting eighty dollars, you know, that's that's I feel it that's uh, it shouldn't it should be shouldn't be like that, especially in this time of age as well. It's unfair. Mm-hmm.
1: If Tonga if Tonga if Tonga had come to you first before you were camped for the All Blacks, would you have what would your answer would have uh oh, wait, would have I, would be, have been, I would
2: have been i would proud to start to play for tonga uh, uh, even when i was playing from for new zealand um i would have you know it was funny enough i was on the bench for the ab's against um the pacific um Pacific team um what
1: was it Cif- yeah
2: the pacific Islanders. The pacific Islanders yeah team. yeah yeah so i got i was named the new York blacks um that week the that week before but I have finger. I had my fingers crossed that I wasn't that I wasn't going to be named, so I can play for the Pacific Islanders. But I was fortunate enough to be picked for the AB. So I was on the sideline, didn't play though. But same time, I was like, "Come on, come on, boys!" Talking about the island boys. Um, but that's because you know that's the passion I have for the for the islanders because uh, it runs through my blood. And you know, I was fortunate enough to be. Selected for the ABs. I've never told anyone this. So, uh, so yeah, so, um, you know, I was lucky enough to play for the for the ABs and, um, you know, and I still am. Uh, I'm proud to say that I'm an All Black, but, you know, if I could take things back and, you know, and I had the opportunity to play for Tonga first, I would have taken it with both hands.
1: Yeah. Man, I, I think that, in a nutshell, um... Puts the whole the whole situation you know and one of the difficulties into into real context there because you know you're 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 a New Zealand player you're getting your your first game for the All Blacks and you're cheering for the opposition it shows the you know the the difficulty um, around some of these issues and this is where we, want, we wanted to go with the um you know with the with the documentary actually you know highlighted the fact that you know People now have more than one nationality. Most people, you know, don't yeah. just consider themselves any one thing. You know, we're, we're both, um, you know, Pacific Islanders raised in uh, New Zealand and, you know, come through that system. I'm a proud, you know, I'm proud of the fact that I'm a New Zealander and I hold New Zealand passport. I'm also proud of my, my heritage, you know, my Salmon heritage and what you're saying there is exactly the same. And that was basically one of the questions I put to the to the Prime Minister to go back to your, your initial line of query, um, you know, going in there was just the fact that, you know, Um, you know, putting all of these things to him and saying, look, is there a sensible way around this? And actually, I didn't want to go into the Prime Minister's office um, with him automatically getting his back up and saying, look, yeah, I'm here to challenge you. Um, If we're going to move forward, it's got to be collaborative, and that's... um, basically what um you know what what the way i came out of the office but yeah it was definitely tension uh, going in there you know he, he made uh, a lot of uh, he said <laughs> a lot of stuff about me before i went in there uh, over the years you know for for, for standing up and, and you know and calling him out on on certain occasions um but you know we've got to be able to put that you know we had to be able to put that aside for the good of um yeah. of the, of not just the documentary but pacific island rugby you know um so yeah and no, i think that's what we did
0: you're listening to The Red Car Club with me, Simon Kidney, Sammy Timitupu and Dan Leo. Uh, Dan, thanks, thanks for that. Um, if we kind of kick on a little bit from that then, you guys uh, are really proud of, of, of your background, the culture. Pacific Islands has got this inherent respect culture. Uh, what One thing you, you might get accused of, Dan, is being disrespectful by your, your consistent challenge. How, how do you balance that? How have you balanced it?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of our greatest strengths as Pacific Islanders is the fact that we are so respectful and it is deeply ingrained in our culture, you know, it makes us really good um, team players and rugby players because, you know, coaches love us because, you know, while the English boys have experienced you know, always questioning the the game plan and the training program and all that and, you know, um, the Islanders just crack on and do it, you know, we, um, you know, um, and that's, you know, obviously, as I said, a a strength, but it can also be our, our biggest weakness. Um, in the term, in fact, the, when things have been done wrong at the top, we don't question it, um, we just go along and, and follow, follow the leader. Um, and, um, so yeah, that was difficult, you know, balancing that and trying to get that right. And ultimately, I, you know, hopefully my, one of my hopes for the documentary is that it encourages um, our people to actually question what's going on around us. Otherwise, you're just victims. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that I learned from rugby and my, throughout my rugby career is that you've got to go out and get it for yourself. No one's going to do it for you. Um, you know, we can't sit back and wait for people to to, to 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 you know to do the right thing by the Pacific Islands when there's millions of pounds being made. Um, you know, that's that's business. You know, um, you've got to, you, we've got to be businessmen ourselves. We've got to educate ourselves, be smarter, um, and and actually that's going to be countercultural sometimes. You know, in terms of asking the hard questions, looking introspectively. Um, but yeah, it's a diff- real difficult one. You know, Sam will probably be able to. Um, elaborate on this a bit and some of the the ways that that's, um, you know, affected him uh, growing up. But for me, it was, you know, definitely don't question your elders. You know, we we all grew up in the church and that was reinforced at church and, you know, at home with all the aunties and uncles that we, you know, we looked up, you know, half of them weren't our aunties or uncles, but you called them auntie or uncle out of respect. Yeah. You know, Um, we didn't call, you don't call anyone by their first names uh, and, um, you know, that's a generation above you. In um in, 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 in our cultures, so um yeah um lots lots of things there and um yeah as I said um hopefully we can break you know we can continue you know because we we don't want to take that away it's a, it is part of us that makes us special as islanders um we, we need to maintain that but we need to be able to also have the side of us that where we can you know um break those shackles as well when when they need to be
0: Sammy where where you know just just picking on what Dan said there where does there's a fine line between a respect culture and a challenge culture where, where does that line sit
2: ah uh, well it's it's yeah that that's um pretty tough for me um it's a tough sort of subject for me because um you know obviously you know like dan said you know i was i grew up in, in a uh household where the old man was he sat on top of the throne and what he said goes um wouldn't question anything he said um but at the same time it's, that I had a knocked on effect for because I was the youngest so I pretty much had to do what everyone my older brothers did so you know when when they said something to do I always had to do it um, but then now sort of coming into where I'm married here uh, to Elizabeth who's English um, she's a bit more fiery than me and when people sort of speak especially my sister when I ring home and you know and then I'm speaking to my sister and that yelling at me you know growling me off for certain things and that you know Liz gets really heated about it because she's like why do you let your sister speak to you or your brother speak to you like that and I said well just part of our culture you know it's something that I've come through and you know and it's something that you know it's it's also a sign of respect as well and and I think for us some of us islanders like when you hear some of the the younger generations and that um talking back to their parents and that you sort of think back, man how are these kids getting away with that when we couldn't you know but, you know, it's, 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 it's what makes us different to, to everyone else. Um, and if we, if we lose that sort of respect and that sort of um, cultural thing, then we've pretty much lost ourselves. Uh, and I think that's what, you know, makes us different to everyone else around the world. Uh, and, you know, and, and I, I try and install that into my kids. Um, but, you know, because they're half English, they just talk to me. I'm trying to do Mate, <laughs> right. you know, you've been hanging around your mother too much. But uh, but yeah, but you know, once again, it's about finding that balance. Um, you know, because um, at the end of the day, you know, um, you know, our generation's sort of slowly sort of phasing off. Um, so you can always take mm-hmm. the, the good things of of our culture mm-hmm. in it, and you can sort of uh, amend it, and and you know, make it a bit more sort of um, happier, or you know, a bit more sort of lighter for, for yourselves, for your family. So-
0: so, so guys, you both, you know, you both talk about respect being an important part of the culture. Daniel Dan, known to be a bit, a bit, a bit feisty in some of your challenges. So it's part of that culture when you're growing up and, and learning the respect is as soon as you get onto the rugby field, you, it's okay to murder people. Is that, <laughs> is that part of it? <laughs>
1: I think that was the one area where we were allowed to uh, express ourselves. Yeah, uh, right. you know, because you have to be so as a Pacific Islander, you always have to be so uh, constrained in terms of you know um, just you know um, behaved, well behaved. And if you didn't get, you know, if you weren't being well behaved, you got a clip around the around the ears. And that was how we were raised. Um, so, yeah, when you, once you got onto the field, it was, yeah, definitely, you know, let loose a bit here. Um, but also, you know, it was a way to, you know, we are very proud of, uh, of our heritage and our cultures and our families where we've come from, and it was a way to to, 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 um, to pay them back in terms of our, not in terms of financial, because you don't start the game playing financial, for financial reasons, as Sammy said, but just in terms of the pride, you know, my dad, I know, you know, my dad came from nothing. He was working, uh, you know, um, in, in um, you know, Predominantly factory work when I was growing up. You didn't have um, have it easy. Um, you know, Islanders in New Zealand um, weren't you know were looked down upon a little bit through the 70s and 80s. You know, no one knew knew what we were, what we were about. Um, and rugby was one way you got um, you got respect um and that was his his mentality you know and, and he passed that on to me and I wanted to you know I, I knew the, the the gravity of every time I played that on on that field I wasn't just taking my hopes and dreams on, onto the field I was taking his you know he didn't um ever play level you know although he'll tell you differently that you know he should have been a, an All Black if he'd been given the opportunity um you know he was Basically, you know, living his dreams, you know, through me and I, I, I took that on on board and I wanted to make him happy So I, I played hard and um, yeah, so the, the, that is the, the nice side of the respect culture um, You know, um, and uh, yeah, but definitely, um, you know in terms of how that sometimes manifests itself, you know, I remember talking to Jordan Murphy um A a number of years ago, about this, and and it was, you know, when he was still playing, and you know, a young Manu Tuilangi had just come onto the scene, and um, you know, Jordan was, you know, really struggling because Manu was turning up to trainings late and and stuff like that, and sometimes, you know, when he turned up, he just looked like he didn't want to be there, and they knew how much potential, you know, he played, he played against uh, South Africa for Leicester as a, I think, a a 17-year-old, and absolutely killed it, you know, again, you know. Manhandled uh, John De Villiers who was the best, you know, probably after Sammy Tuitupo was the the best uh, midfielder in the world at the time. Um, and you know, they they saw the potential in him, but he just wasn't turning up. And and um, it took them it took them a long time to put their finger on what the reason was. And basically, Manu was babysitting um, his older. Uh, brother's kids while well, they were, uh, you know, they just finished their uh, retired from rugby and he was babysitting all their kids while they were out on the town and, you know, um, staying up really late, uh, you know, till two or three in the morning till they they'll get back and then, you know, but he never would ever say that to the coaches at Leicester, you know, he didn't want to, you know, um, you know, to, to, to bring his, his parents, his bro- make his brothers look bad. So, you know, that was detrimental to his, to, you know, possibly to his, his career. Um, so those, you know, that's one of the areas, you know, again, it's where, where possibly, you know, it looks like it's we, we think we're doing the right thing, but sometimes it's, it's just holding us back a bit. <clears throat>
0: Sammy, with that, with, with that, um, you know, you're, you're known for your feist on the pitch. Uh, uh so what, how has, how has the, the modern game taken the fun out of some of that um aggressive side of, uh, of, of your play of Pacific Island play? Um, where's, where's why, why did that make you retire in a nutshell? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, obviously the game has moved on um, for safety reasons, but I think they've taken the whole rugby's changed a lot and and I don't like the way the rugby's going, the way it's hitting. Um, you know, rugby's all about, you know, big collisions, big tackles, you know, bumping off people and all that, and that's what people want to watch. You know, people who don't know what, much about rugby... You know, they wouldn't care about you know uh knock-ons and that and they want to see the big you know the big hits and that people smashing each other and that but almost a bit like gladiators you know they want to see they want to see a bit of blood you know they you know and then um and, and that's pretty much the reason why i played it to be honest because um i was a young fella a small i was always small the smallest guy in the team but uh i just enjoyed uh, killing people when you know and that's where i got my I got got the the love of the game and and i really enjoyed it and i think just the whole the game has just sort of gone a bit too soft for me um i wouldn't say soft but you know obviously um it's just moved on and, and i just feel um you can't see you know i get really annoyed now with the yellow cards and red cards now you know with, uh, a bit of contact to the chin or to the throat and that um i think that you know. For me, I, I, you know, personally, I think it, you know, it shouldn't be unless someone, you know, clearly, you know, gives them a, uh like one of dance tackles and that, you know, clearly around the head and that. But I just think the game's sort of getting a bit too soft. You look at rugby league, you know, we talk about concussions and that, but you look at rugby league and that, um, these guys are tackling quite high or most of the times and that, and you wouldn't see too many concussions. Um, rugby, you see everyone trying to tackle low, and you see most guys getting knocked out because they're trying to been you know we've been told to take, go low now um and guys are getting knocked out only because you know that's where guys are bigger bones and that you know more you know their heads get in the wrong position and all that and they you know they get, they're get knocking themselves out so but at the same time you know some people don't like tackling low you know people you know that's where people are afraid to tackle low and that's why most people try and tackle high because that's where they're a lot stronger um your head's out of the way um and you can use your arms so yeah you unfortunately.
0: can you, you can use your arms Sammy yeah I know that sometimes okay, yeah. that's, a, that's a that's an added bonus for you but you you can definitely but Sammy if you're if you're trying to tackle 7 foot Dan Leo with his flailing arms legs uncomfortable knees anywhere does it does it matter if you're trying to take him low or high Oh, I just, I just let him <laughs> run past first and then I angle tap him, mate.
2: I always say to my, when I, when I was growing up, because I, uh, I always said to the coach, you know, that um, he'd always look at me and he would say, you know, even though these boys are big, and he said, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And that, the harder they fall. So that was one thing that I always sort of had in my mind.
1: Yeah, I made sure that throughout my career I never tested that theory. I was never getting anywhere <laughs> near you, mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mate, you are always cuddling people on the floor, weren't you? Just discussing a line out afterwards. Yeah, the, um,
1: uh, the rucks and balls, the dark arts, mate. That's where, that's where <laughs> I played my trade. Uh, you know, with no, no cameras, no no no, no body, mate. <laughs> Rugby.
0: Uh, just before the uh, the end of last premiership season which seems about 2 weeks ago um Pat Lamb uh, was quite uh, quite spoken around some of the uh, the island boys getting a bit unfair treatment in terms of uh, RFU disciplinary um dan i know you you were quite you were quite um, vocal about that as well what 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 do you think pat was was getting to there what do you think he was uh, what, what 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 the key messages
1: yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, it's one of the reasons why we called this, you know, um, you know, uh, tongue and cheek, the, the, Car- uh, the Red Carter's Club, because you know, um, I think people have got a, a stereotypical view of Pacific Islanders that you know we are, you know, probably dirty players in, to, to a certain extent, and, and you know, the, and, and undisciplined, and you know, loose cannons. Um, but a lot of that comes down to perception. We believe I actually sat in on um, on the RFU uh, disciplinary uh, committee uh, as a, as an independent. Um, on, on that it was actually Ali Piatal who was in, in question and again to, to bring it back to what Sammy was saying it was you know it was um we felt um you know um sometimes you know uh, there's there's a lack of common sense to, to the approach that's you know in the, in the sanctions that are being passed down in some of these um these cases and, and 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 questioning you know whether actually some of our pacific islanders because of their reputation are being deemed um you know um, you know uh, and and penalized harsher for you know for discrepancies um so it's important that we that, you know that we're involved in that process we 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 um, were thankful to the RFU for having um us have an independent uh, to sit in on, the, on that view, and actually, the, the, the outcome was that came out of that was actually real clarity. So it was actually a good to have that process go through. But yeah, from the outset, sometimes you know, I can I agree with Pat and uh, um, and um, Salesi uh, Puteau, who was actually the player in question at the time, um, and the fact that you know, in questioning the system, because that's what we're all about. You know, it's PRPW, it's Oceans Apart, the documentary is actually you know, not just accepting things because that's. The way it is and that's the way it always will be but actually yeah and sometimes we're going to be wrong you know and, and actually there's a good there's a good answer for you know the reasons that why things are happening that's that's fine um, but we just we we continue on this process of seeking out um you know, and, and questioning, and as I said, it's cult. We'll discuss that at length here. It's, it it is countercultural, but you know whether it's the, the you know the disciplinary process, you know the the um, the way that funds and, and profits are being made in this game and distributed, whether it's you know the the lack of influence for tier two nations. We've got to be willing to you know to go there because otherwise we're just talking about this on you know the symptoms on a, on a podcast, and actually you know hopefully out of the, the bigger picture, is we can get to the point where this is actually a real tool. To affect change, you know, so that in five years' time, we're not just talking about all these same issues. That's my hope.
0: Yeah, Sammy. Sammy, you're um, you're uh, you're probably the, the the best, well-known undercover agent in rugby. Um, when you when you've when you're helping people come over from the southern hemisphere, you've played in the northern hemisphere. You, you know about the game. What what kind of support do you give the guys to come over? Around what the referee looks like, what the uh, judiciary panel looks like. What 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 kind of things do you get involved with?
2: Yeah, well, well, you know, we try and um, help out um, with the agency and that we try and, for sure, for Liz, it's more sort of helping the family settle in. Um, that's that's the biggest thing for us is that if the family settled in, um, it's going to help the player uh, perform on and off the field uh, as well. And if we can get that, if that person, if we can get him performing on the field, and obviously it's going to just make him look a lot better in that, and then obviously his value's going to go up. So, um, you know, if we can... We can make the, the family fit in and that. And if the wife and the kids are happy, we can, um, you know, obviously the hardest thing is about finding them schools, uh, areas where they need to live in uh, that's going to be suitable for them where they've got their licence, car licence. Um, you know, that's something a lot of the islanders, you know, especially in the islands, uh, so their licence probably are not recognised here in England. So they might have to redo, uh, reset their, uh, their, their English licence or the English test. Um, you know, and there's just those little things that make a big difference. Maybe small to other people, um, to people here and that, but um, for us Pacific Islanders, it's massive.
0: Mate, I've, uh, <laughs> I, I, a couple of the uh, army boys I know have taught some of the Fijians they're driving, uh, Tess, and I, I I wouldn't be on the road. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. No, 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 no chance. You uh, you yourself alluded to uh, to family there and you talk about uh, the, the, the family engagement back home. You talk about the difference um, in Liz's kind of feisty behaviour. You know, the guys coming over to play the egg. Um, what The concept of family life in the Pacific Islands is, is probably a bit different here. Dan, what, what, what were the kind of the, the biggest differences you kind of observed?
1: I think definitely, you know, uh, the winter. You know, you, you're just going into to, um, into 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 that period now. Over Don't rub UK, it in, mate. Don't rub know. it in. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's why I go, I'll come back to Brisbane. Um, you know, the first on uh, well, the first flight. As soon as they lifted the lockdown, I was like, get on that flight. Cost me cost me three grand this flight to get back. You know, because there was such limited flights, I was like, said to my wife, "No, we'll, we'll do it." You know, because uh, <laughs> I can't do another winter when I don't, if I don't have to, in the UK, and that's, you know, it's it's tough. It has a massive impact on, you know, and bearing on, on your, on your, um, on your, on your psyche, as as an islander when you when you've grown up, particularly for those guys that have grown up in the islands. Um, you know, if you've, for me and Sammy, you know, we've grown up in New Zealand. It's a little bit closer probably to, 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 to England. But, yeah, if you're used to, you know, sunshine and 30 degrees every day, 90% humidity, and you come to the UK where, you know, um, there's cult, there's cultural shocks on, on every level. Then there's just the way that people communicate, um, you know, the, the lack of um, space, um, You know, um, you know, just loneliness at times. A lot of different pressures. So yeah, um, I know we've got a really good guest coming on the next episode of this, um, uh, uh, who, who we're really looking forward to, to touching, um, you know, to touching base with and actually getting into some of that um, a little bit further. But you know, mental health in our in, in our communities is is a real is a real problem. It's uh, you know, it's why we made a, a um, one of the oceans apart series in, in conjunction with Pro Fifteen uh, Sammy's uh, agency to really highlight some of these issues and actually you know, um, um, you know p- show the fact that there's people that people can talk to, you know, that if you're going through tough times, please do get in touch. And it's what way, you know, I was so excited to see Pro 15 and Sammy go into the agency world because, you know, it's someone that with an understanding of the challenges that our people go through um, is, is massive in that industry, you know. Um, otherwise, it's just secondhand information that we're passing on to to to, to other agents but at the end of the day if you haven't lived it it's very hard to relate and our players won't just open up to anybody about the challenges that they're going to um and that's that's why that's why i really yeah as i said i'm excited about you know some of the stuff we're doing as an organization that i'm ceo of as pacific rugby players welfare but um but but teaming up with pro 15 um, and an agent who can can offer those services to players on the ground is going to be massive going forward
0: Dan, um, uh, thanks for the thanks for the lockdown story as well, because um, there's there's quite an interesting one with Sammy here, isn't it? The, the, just before the last lockdown, I think Sammy legged it to New Zealand, uh, and he and he had a he had a choice of uh, of which of, of which house to live in. Um, Sammy, Sammy, t- just uh, I'm not sure if this is public yet, and uh, I'm not sure which of the two <laughs> two poos is going to murder you first. But crack on, mate! Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, though no, well, obviously. Um went to New Zealand, not expecting it to go into lockdown. And uh, so they announced they were going into lockdown, but obviously I had to do my self isolation. So uh, it was either I go to mum and dad's or next door to my sisters, or they got a little sleep out at their back where I could stay. So I ended up being in the little sleep out uh, in the back of my sisters. Um, only I had to choose one of them because uh, my brothers who live next door with mum and dad, he was real, he's the oldest in the family. Uh, he was real strict. He said, if you stay at mum's, you're not allowed to go next door. Or if you stay next door, or which house you stay in uh, next door, you could only stay there. So uh, he was real strict. And obviously, because obviously, mum and dad are, uh, are at that sort of, um, they're a bit older now. And uh, so I made a choice to go stay in the little sleep out at the back by myself. Uh, the kids wanted to come and stay with me. Uh, but I said to them, no, no, you guys are going to go to school. So school was still uh, on at the time. Um, so I only did three days of uh, self-isolation before New Zealand went into lockdown. So then uh, so then I was allowed to mix off my bubble. My bubble got a lot, lot uh, bigger. So uh, yeah, no, the weather was nice and that. But uh, some very strange times, I could only see mum by over the fence and that. Um, yeah, so Jenny, by the, the last day, the last couple of days, obviously I had to do 14 days and then obviously Liz, Liz sanctioned, me, uh, sanctioned me to come back home. So, uh, so on the last two days that, mum sort of finally gave up and gave me a hug over the fence and that. So uh, it was nice to sort of feel her in my arms again. But yeah, no, it was really strange times, but really enjoyed the time. Rugby.
0: How's um? How does, uh, speaking to some of the boys that, um? you know, the, the first lockdown, lockdown 1.0 was a bit tougher than lockdown 2.0, which I don't think many people are paying attention to. <laughs> uh, how did, uh, Sammy, what work uh, did you do with some of the boys mm-hmm. um, who were in the UK that, that, you know, put their hands up and said, look, I'm struggling, I'm feeling a bit lonely, I just want to come and yeah. play the egg, I can't train. What, what, what kind of things were you? Yeah, so uh, with us, Pro 15, we uh, put out a, a little um,
2: questionnaire to all the boys and all that, and and sort of they gave their feedback and that. And some guys actually came out a bit more, saying that they needed a bit more sort of a bit more help or someone to more talk to and that, and just someone to engage with. Um, you know, with us Islanders, you know, that's one thing we sort of when we do move away is that you fall, you fall away from more of the support you have from your family. Um, and uh, and it was important that for us for Pro 15 that we did that we do that. Um, especially the younger boys who were staying uh, with a couple of other young kids in that but they were literally you know isolating in their own house in their own rooms in it uh, so it was important that we sort of get on top and just sort of keep in touch with them just making sure that they you know they're they, uh, you're keeping in regular contacts and that but also just keeping them mentally healthy and, you know and you know and if you can try and push them to go do some exercises and all that. that um, and sometimes we'll get on a, on, a, on a group I know I did one for for your for the for the company Simon? it was me. It was
0: uh, top club like Dan. If you haven't seen it, um, don't bother. Uh, but it's 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 brilliant actually. We'll we'll, we'll attach it to some kind of link because it's yeah, the yeah. the two two poo home workout involving lifting kids and um, all kinds of jazz.
2: <laughs> home yeah, school, it was homeschool Dan. So yeah, no, it was good. It was just you know just those little things where you just get on a Zoom with a couple of the boys and that do a few exercises with them just to keep them sort of insane, but also you know, with rugby players, you're such an into, you're such, uh, you have a schedule, uh, a routine that you follow every day and that. And then as soon as you go away from it, you're lost. It was almost a bit like me coming out of retirement, like when I finished rugby and, and flying to New Zealand on my own, it was like I'm so used to just following the person in front of me, you know, and then, you know, for me to sort of travel on my own and then I'm sort of looking around and that and not knowing how to, you know, where to go and what to do. So it's just those little transitions as well, sort of into rugby and outside of rugby that, you know, people take for granted. So,
0: And Dan, I was, I was speaking to um, Alex Waller yesterday um, and he was talking about the challenges of playing rugby, professional rugby at the moment in the UK and not having a crowd um, and, and really missing that crowd feedback uh, within the game and actually a worry that players are starting to, to, to find that normal. Um, so you, you kind of miss that crowd engagement and you know, Dan, you've played at Bishop Stortford, which is kind of nat one, nat two, a couple <laughs> of people in their dog watching. But actually even if you've got a couple of people watching it makes a difference. What what and what what kind of effect is that having on rugby players kind of well being and mental health at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think at Bishop Stortford we were lucky. We had the best um, away uh, fans, travelling fans in the, in the competition. Oh, so we never it had a worry about... I think mean, the um, biggest yeah, round you
2: had at your, your guys' <laughs> game was when Coventry taught, uh, came over to you guys, mate.
1: <laughs> we played Coventry. We had, at Coventry, we had more Bishop Stortford supporters in <laughs> the ground than there was Coventry supporters. So I don't know what game you were watching, bro, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, um, mate, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll have an impact. I think, it, um, you know, it's, it's just let's hope that the crowd's Get back to you know back into stadiums and stuff like that. And I saw the you know some of the guidelines recently that they were going to allow fans back into stadiums and they weren't allowed to sing and they weren't allowed to cheer. What's the use of that? You know, um, I I can't see how they'll stop them to be honest. um, Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of the players, it does have a massive impact on your on your psychology, you know. Um, and and you look at the the games the, the games that have just been played in the awesome uh, Nations Cup, and let's be let's be honest, they've been dire. And you know, um, yeah. you know, they've been they've been really boring. And, and if they'd had full crowds and you know um, around, would they've been you know they might have been a bit better. But sometimes the crowd just brings that energy that you you know t- that you don't have as a player naturally. But you know, you for me when I play whenever I played at a sold out Twickenham. Geez, you just found another arm, another leg. Um, you know, you just found that energy because you knew that a, you know you knew that 50, 50, 60,000 people were watching every move. So you didn't want to be the guy that everyone saw. You know, wasn't you know you know had bad technique at a ruck or you know or was walking to the to the breakdown. You know, you just you just got up and did it. So it does have a, a big Im- impact.
0: How do you think someone? I you know, think think about Matty Proctor at Saints, who came over from I think Hurricanes, didn't he, at the start of last season. You know, first season in the game, came over with his wife, his his kids. Uh, I think I think his child might have been born here, or was very young. Didn't doesn't know many people kicking around in the UK. Plays half a season, the world loses its head. Uh, everyone gets locked down. I, you know how how hard is that for for not just a rugby player, but from a guy that's come over from from the Southern Hemisphere trying to settle into the UK, have that lockdown, and then try and pick up his game straight afterwards. I think I think it'll be quite tough, mate. And especially, uh, it you know, when you look back
2: and if he's watching the Super Rugby back home now or the Mitre, Mitre Cup, uh, Mitre Ten Cup, and that, they've got crowds in now. And you know, he sort of, he sort of came over here with massive expectation and to make a name, but also become a you know a massive icon. And you know, for him, you know, to be able to to be playing now and uh, and not having those sort of crowds and that, you sort of lose that sort of connection with your fans and with the crowd and that and you get that sort of uh, connection with your fans and that then you, you know the people who come up to you every week and that support you you know you sort of get that sort of that feeling that oh you know these people do care about me uh you know they do they do they they do come and watch you every other week have home games and that and these are people taking their own time out of their own time to come and support me and you know and if you're not getting that as a player especially someone who's come over from new zealand you sort of maybe you're probably sticking you're sort of doubting yourself now whether you've made the right choice
0: um yeah thankfully mate it has got a really good sponsor D- D- Danny yeah there is is it you know what 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 more can the PRPW do in you know it's, an, it's a unique year you know hopefully we don't go through anything like this again but but what more can the PRPW do to to, to help on the ground?
1: Geez, uh, you know I, I guess you know it's it's, it's a real network um, we've got players uh you know uh, both current and retired all over the all over Europe and yeah um, normally those players will be dropping in and you know with food and you know when there's new players you know keeping each other company that's the way that we always do it you know food's at the heart of 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 everything we do in the islands, if there's no food, then don't bother inviting me around. That's you know that's 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 the way it goes. And we can't, you know, that's so 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 a lot of those cultural norms, uh, you know, are out the window. We can't just pop across and see our you know our neighbours, you know, and some for some of these guys, it's you know um you know we we struggle, you know, like Zoom. You know, I'd never heard of Zoom before COVID. Um, you know, you know, um, but um, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, even. Keeping up to date with emails is, you know, that is beyond them. So, so technology is one way, you know, and, and coming to grips with you know, using that is uh, one, you know, one important thing. I guess the, on the, you know, the one positive to take is that most of the guys that are playing over here are used to using, you know, con- keeping in contact with family overseas, um, you know, because of uh, because you know out of necessity. So, you know, um, yeah, phone calls mail, we're just, I'm just thankful that, you know, tech, for technology, you know, we can all you know keep in touch and we've got great guys like Sammy on the ground who is very good with people like, as you I say, I, I don't, you know, um, I know Sammy's phone's buzzing, whenever I've been with him, his phone's buzzing, you know, every two minutes or somebody can call and that's only because he's, you know, he's, re- he's they're, re- they're returning his call and they probably missed it, you know, so we just need people like that. And, you know, we're lucky in our community to have good people like that who, just aren't thinking about the people in their little bubble, but they're thinking outside of that as well. And that's not just the island community. I know there's a, a you know, a lot of, you know, people, um, English people who are doing the same for their friends and families. So long may it continue.
0: The yeah, um, Sammy's number, I think, has uh, erroneously got itself onto Uber as well. So um, I think that's part of the reason that he is uh, he's, uh, he's quite busy. Uh, just one thing, uh, just one last thing I want to touch on before we wrap this bit up. Um, uh, I think Billy V, uh, Billy v was on uh, The Good, The Bad and Rugby. Um, and Dan, I know you've been on there recently. And he was talking about the different upbringing between him and Maka. Uh, Billy, I think, was brought up in New Zealand. Um, Mako I think, was brought up in uh, Tonga. Um, it, it just the, the different way that they've become different people. Um, do, you, do you want to kind of allude to that a little bit more, Dan?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know that's 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 a thing. You know, quite often you see like um, you know a lot of the Fijians, they'll be they'll be brothers and they'll have different surnames, and you wouldn't even you know know them. You know, like um, you know in, in the in, in the Premiership, for instance, uh, you know Officer Trevoranis and uh, Alapati Leua, who's at Bristol, um, you know, were, were brothers, but you wouldn't know, and they're very different people as well in terms of you know um, you know that's that's the island way, you know, and we we, we encourage uniqueness. In our, in our in our cultures you know there's it's great because not every you know we might look all look the same but uh you know everyone's everyone's unique and um you know we've got to celebrate um the, those differences but also you know in terms of the the, the brothers you know um you know they've been shaped uh, over here for large parts of their lives you know um gone to, to school here in in Wales and in England and you know they're, they're, they're as much um, English or Welsh uh, you know um, as they are Australian and Tongan where they, you know, where they, where they were born, and um, it's yeah, um, it's a it's a it's a it's a vast one because so many of our players. Look at, uh, you know, you look at Manu Tuilangi, who was raised in Samoa till he was 11, and then came over to to England. Or you look at Sammy Tutupa who's got two Tongan parents, but was raised in New Zealand, uh, similar to me. Um, you know, it's um, you know, it's just the you know the 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 differences, um, you know, and the, in our backgrounds. It's very it's very. You know, and the obvious thing, and this is why it's so hard with the organization that we run, even for you, for as, you know, as, as ages, everyone just wants to lump people in the same category and go, oh, he's he's an Islander, so he's going to think this way, he's going to act that way, he's going to spend his money on this, this and that, he's going to struggle with that. No there's, no, there's no quick fixes, unfortunately. You know, everyone's got their own different stories, different backgrounds, and, um, you know, you lump people into it and try and, you know, uh, you know and, um, at your own peril, because, you know, a lot of clubs have probably done that. And failed in the in the process. So that's part of the education process that we're here to try and help with. As you know, as our two different organisations. And uh, yeah, as I said earlier, there's there's lots of work to do.
0: Me, just just take that back a, a step forward, and it kind of links back to where, where we're talking about respect and challenge. Do you think uh, because your your upbringing was predominantly New Zealand, uh, do you think you would have had uh, would you be so you know challenging almost controversial if you'd have been brought up in samoa uh
1: guarantee i wouldn't have been yeah i think you know um the the, the Samoan guys through through no fault their own you know um you know it's, uh, that, that that element of the culture is a lot stronger in the in the islands um you know um, um definitely i think you know because we've been educated through the new zealand system where you know which is very similar to the english it's derived from that, you know, where actually asking questions if you if you lack understanding is celebrated. You know, if you put your hand up and, and ask a question in school, um, you know, the teacher, you know, gives, probably give you a certificate. Very inquisitive, you know, well done. You know, um, you do that in schools in Samoa. You'll get the you'll get the, the cane. You know, it's so um, it's just two different um, two different learning systems. You know, our, our you know um, I think um, in terms of the way we learn or we're taught, you know, Ireland is, is it's very, um, you know, it's not, um, oh, you know, the English system is, I think is based on positive reinforcement. Um, ours is negative. So you're not, you're not, you're not encouraged to do things because it's the right thing to do. It's, you don't do that because it's the wrong thing. And if you don't, you'll get a hiding. And that's the way that we're brought up. So yeah, if I, yeah, so I'm, I'm privileged to be able to have the the background and the opportunities that I've had just to be able to give, you know, um, us a voice that, that probably wouldn't have existed if I'd, you know, raised in someone I'd like to see that change.
0: Do you? And, and, and on that then. So, you know, when you go back to Samoa, uh, are you questioned about your roots, about your values, because you are actually challenging.
1: Yeah, big time. You know, and that's I guess where Samuel was, was getting to. You know, I, I go back, and people, you know, um, the first people think, you know, people, you know, say, oh, that's the guy that you know that you know that's disrespectful. That you know, they ask, you know, that's asking our prime minister, or you know, even his own dad, all these tough questions. And um, that's the, you know, that's I guess the sacrifice that you know when you do ask questions, you you do come under the under under fire. But um, it was yeah, so um, it, it does exist. Not all the time, you know. There's there are changes, you know. Even even the islands are probably changing a little bit, very slowly in terms of our mentalities. But the the reality is is whether you know um, we've been you know cocooned for thousands and thousands of years. Our culture is very strong. It's developed over you know. Over centuries, um, and it's going to take a long time for that to change. And we're we're in a, we're the most remote places in the world as well. Um, so so it's going to take us, you know, we're you know, in a lot of ways, you know, we're we we we're, we're probably 50 years behind, you know, um, you know, um, some of the mentalities that have been developed over here in terms of progressive thinking. But um, yeah, as I said, it's not necessarily always a curse. It's you know, there's positives and negatives.
2: We are we are looked upon when we do go back to, uh, to the islands, uh, Simon, like uh, for those who are born sort of you know in foreign countries and that we're looked upon as called uh, plastic uh, sort of Samoans or plastic Tongans or, or sort of half caste because you know obviously we're born and raised uh, in New Zealand, <laughs> Australia, and that we sort of don't really we, our, our our sort of our upbringing hasn't been as strict as years so, as as uh, the people and uh, the kids in, in the islands So they do so frown upon us when we do go over there you know but at the same time you know they do mean good they, not, they don't mean it in a, in a good way i mean in a bad way but at the same time it's something for them to laugh laugh at us about
0: <laughs> coming up in rugby slash next week gents um uh, next week we've got um next podcast sorry we've got johnny leota um coming on to the uh coming on to the show we're very grateful for that Sammy, uh, what, just just briefly, what's your relationship with Johnny?
2: Yeah, so me and Johnny, we play, uh, played together in the uh, in the Midford here for many of years at Sail Sharks. Um, he's, a, he's an awesome boy on and off the field. Uh, he's used sort of my name a few times when going out and that. So I've been in a few troubles because of Johnny. But um, but in saying that, uh, no, he's a, he's a top guy, uh, a massive role model for a lot for a lot of the young Pacific Island kids coming through um, in terms of sort of
0: as a professional rugby player, but also off the field as well. Uh, Danny, are you worried about any uh, Samoan international tales, mate?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I, 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 is Johnny is. It, I don't really like Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm sure someone else is available. You know, he was. Um, I remember sitting in the Samoan room, and, and we've been paid. We we're getting paid a pittance. And I said, "Who wants to strike?" And everyone, everyone put their hand up except for Johnny. So uh, he must have been happy that he was getting paid fifty pounds to play against. We uh, played against Wales. <laughs> nah, he's a good, good lad. A uh, good top, top fellow, and uh, yeah, doing some really good stuff uh, off the field now since he's um, retired. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to to hearing his thoughts.
0: Uh, looking forward to, to getting Johnny on uh, and talking about all the great stuff he's doing um, Dan looking forward to seeing you more on Twitter um, retweeting yourself uh, and Sammy you keep persevering me he will answer you at yeah, some mate, point no I, I, I promise I promise Gents thanks very much um, have a uh, Dan have a wonderful evening Sammy speak to you soon cheers no boys worries. cheers guys go the Red Carders thank you for listening to the Red Card Club This podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google or anywhere else you might find your podcasts. This podcast is rugby.